0: Have you ever told any fibs about how much money you actually have? Yes, all the time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Who
2: doesn't? Yeah, like right now, like I get paid twenty dollars an hour and people think I get paid twenty-four dollars and some change. <laughs> I just don't want to seem like I'm struggling in the everyday rat race like everybody else. The other day, we sent our producer Peter Balanon-Rosen to the streets of New York City to talk with some everyday liars. Do you have any examples of telling people
0: that you have more money or less money than you actually do?
1: I have friends that make less money than I do, and sometimes when it's time to slip the bill, it can get a little awkward. So I'm always like, well, I make around the same as you guys, so you put in the same amount as me.
0: Oh, I'll tell my mom I, I don't have any money at all. Oh, you're a bad one.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why do you tell your mom that? Because she asks for money. <laughs> it's, a, it's a white lie. It's a, it's a noble lie.
2: I'm Rima Chres, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. So, a couple weeks ago, we asked you all if you've ever lied when it comes to money, and we got a lot of responses. So many, in fact, that today we are going to devote the entire show to you all and your white lies. One of our listeners, Amy Westervelt, wrote in and shared a story about a time in her late 20s. She was dating this guy. It was a long-distance relationship. He uh, lived in Japan,
1: and I lived in California. And then he moved to the U.K., and I still lived in California.
2: Yeah, it wasn't easy. And whenever they tried to coordinate a visit, it became this awkward dance. He would say,
1: um, Hey, do you want to come and visit? Like next month, I have, you know, some time that I can take off or whatever. And I would say, Sure. And he would say, I could totally
2: just buy you a ticket. And I'd say, No, it's fine. I've got miles. She did not have miles, but she didn't want to create a weird dynamic by having a dude pay for her stuff. Plus, it was more casual to be like, Oh, well, I have these free miles anyway, so let me just use them so that, A, he wouldn't have to pay for a ticket, but also so that he wouldn't
1: think that I was, like, spending a bunch of money to go see him. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. don't want
2: to seem like you're too invested.
1: Also, he's going to be like, oh, like, she, this girl really likes me. Right, She's, like, willing right. To, you know what I mean? Right. So I do feel like a lot of it for me was, like, I don't want him to think he's too important. Like, <laughs> and, at a certain point, he did kind of go, like, I don't know how you have so many miles.
2: She'd just brush it off. But there was one problem. Not only did she not have any miles, she barely had any money. So yeah, she may have come off as chill and cool. But then I went into debt, which is not cool. <laughs> at the time she was a freelance writer and money was tight.
1: It wasn't like I would like put it on a card and then pay it off at the end of the month. Like right. it just kept um increasing. Oh so my God. Yeah, I mean, after like two years of this, I was probably, I mean, I'd probably racked up like between five and $10,000. So, yeah, I yeah. definitely. Um, racked up some debt and a little secret resentment to boot. So, lucky him. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> after a couple years of dating and flying back and forth, they settled down in Michigan. And one day, Amy decided to come clean. She told him all about the fake miles, the multiple credit cards. Do you remember his reaction when you told him? He was like, that's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs>
3: and,
1: <laughs> and then he was then he was kind of like, no, I get it. Like, you know, um, I know you don't want to be like this 1950s person who yeah. is like dependent on a man and blah, blah, blah. This person is kind of saying, you know, like... It's okay to depend on me. And I was like, oh, actually, it's it's hugely relieving to have, like, another adult who wants to
2: actually help. And after three years of dating, they got married. Now my debt is his debt. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, sometimes it's easier to skirt around the truth than to be real about our money situation. Especially when you meet new people. A lot of you all wrote in about hiding the fact that your parents paid for college like these listeners who wanted to stay anonymous.
0: I certainly would not mention the fact that, you know, I'm lucky enough that my parents are paying for me to go here. During college, you have that customary fun fact that you give at the start of class. yeah. And I always do the fact that I grew up on a farm because Mm. it makes me look folksy. It makes me look relatable. And right there, people, you know, don't picture me as a future Morgan Chase analyst.
2: Sure, he grew up in a farming community, but his family is definitely upper-middle class. And even after college, some people still try to downplay their financial privilege to fit in.
4: So I remember being at work, you know, just talking at lunch, and everyone was talking about how they were never going to pay off their loans, and, you know, these were 30-something, 40-somethings talking about how they still had this student loan debts and I just sat there and nodded along and said yeah at the right moments I need to be one of the crowd I'm not going to be that person jumping in and saying well my family took care of it for me. In that moment, she wondered whether she should discreetly Google
2: how much is an appropriate amount of debt or how much people pay in interest on their loans.
4: I don't know how old I have to be to be like, oh, yay, I finished paying off my student loans. Not that I would actually say something like that, but at what point it's like I can stop pretending. <laughs> and it's interesting because people are open about their debt because it is so common nowadays. Um that it's almost shameful to have the opposite problem, which sounds totally one percenter. but Actually, a
2: lot of people who reached out to us felt guilty about having more money than their friends. One listener, who we'll call Wendy, is a graduate student studying computer science, and she lives in an apartment in Manhattan that her parents, who live in China, bought for her.
3: I want to be like all of my friends mm-hmm. who are living with roommates who are, who are sharing an apartment, barely scraping by.
2: Why did you want to be like them?
3: I think it's it's part of wanting to be the same as everyone else around me. I, I mm-hmm. think you know we all lived in in the same dorm and, and now we graduated, but we have the same living situation. We'll have roommates. We'll you know take the subway to work, and we will work incredibly stressful jobs So even though
2: she didn't need one she got a roommate then even charged her rent for a place that was already paid for Does she know that it's fully paid?
3: Um I, I, I think in the beginning I kind of, you know, always tell people that this is my parents' apartment when they live in the city Oh,
2: and that's not true
3: uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: for what it's worth, her roommate is getting help from her family, too. Wendy gets that her parents are just trying to make things easier for her, and she's super appreciative of
3: that. But... I, I still feel like I, I need to earn my lifestyle, you know? I, I, I know at some point I, I need to... I, I need to prove my own worth. And then I think that's certainly part of the... Um, the American dream. But I think for me to um, visualize a success that's greater than my parents is a daunting task.
2: Coming up after the break, not everyone gets away with lying.
5: Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course, you can start whenever and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy.
0: Would you call yourself a liar? I would call myself a liar, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes you
2: got to do what you got to do. And then you
0: lied to me last night when I spotted your drink? No, that wasn't last night. That was last night. I did spot her drinks last night. I'm serious. I didn't
3: have any money.
2: (laughs) When our producer, Peter, was out on the streets asking people about their white lies, pretty much everyone had one.
0: Have you ever pretended to have more or less money than you Uh, actually have?
4: Yeah. One of my friends is so rich and... Uh, she always wearing some, you know, Marc Jacobs, Louis Vuitton or something like that, and I w- wanted to mm, look like her, and I'm wearing a fake one, and she <laughs> finds out.
0: So what'd you say?
4: You know, uh, this is from my friend, and so I don't know about that. You pretended it wasn't yours? Yep.
0: <laughs> Can you describe your outfit to me right now? What are you wearing?
4: <laughs> um... I'm wearing a Louis Vuitton hijab.
0: So I gotta ask, is the Louis hijab real?
4: (laughs) Yup, this is the real one.
2: (laughs) If it is real, that headscarf cost her $600. But the thing about lies, whether they're small or big, is that they can take a lot of work to maintain.
0: My name is Nick Ross, I live in Singapore, and I'm a hospital corpsman in the U.S. Navy. Uh, I would say financially, I'm pretty stable. Um, The big financial drain I have is about a third of my income every month is sent directly to student loans.
2: Nick says he's doing pretty well for himself, but his friends, they are doing way better. Like the other day, a friend was whining about how much he had to pay in taxes, and the amount he owed was like half of Nick's salary.
0: So that kind of was a big old slap in the face that I really, compared to my friends... (laughs) and the person who makes a lot less.
2: He says he feels a lot of shame that he can't afford the same stuff his friends can. And whenever they invite him out, he's got his lines ready to go.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I already have plans. Or, um, like, oh, you know, I'm already going out. Let's run into each other. Um, And then I just won't go out that evening. Sometimes I'll use the out-of-town excuse.
2: And it's that out-of-town excuse that's gotten him into trouble. Recently, one of his friends was coming to visit in Singapore, and all of his pals were planning a getaway in Bali. You know, long weekend, rent a villa.
0: Um, and I was kind of running through the numbers through my head, and I was like, I can't afford, like, a $300 flight plus three to $400 for my share of the villa plus all the food and alcohol involved. Um, so I, I came up with an excuse that was kind of based on truth, um, and I said like, oh, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm going to be in D.C. Um, to do some work, so I'll be kind of... Where you just came from. And when I kind of gave that little white lie, I gave the wrong dates.
2: And so his friend, who lives in the States, was like, oh, wait, that's great. We can meet in D.C. and then just head to Bali
0: together. So I kind of flubbed myself on that one and had to come clean. Um, and when I told him that like I, I couldn't afford to go, um, he was a lot cooler about it than I thought. Um, and I, I think maybe I don't give my friends enough credit, and then I kind of felt silly for just not coming clean in the first place.
2: I get where Nick is coming from though. I mean, I've definitely told my parents I've saved more than I actually have and I've downplayed my rent in front of friends. We're told that it's rude or braggy or just wrong to talk about our money. And maybe that's true, but I don't know, I think talking about it gives us a better sense of where everyone is actually at. And for me, at least personally, it would make money a much easier thing to confront. But instead, we just love to avoid money with a little white why. Or two. All right, that is all for this week's show. Thanks to everyone who wrote in and got real with us. If you want to reach me, you can hit me up at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. Also, if you missed our episode a couple weeks ago that inspired this episode, definitely check it out. It is called The Lies We Tell Our Friends. It's about this one guy who got an unexpected windfall that felt impossible to hide. This is Uncomfortable is produced by me, Rima Khreis, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Luna Danish. Megan Dietry is our senior producer. Drew Jostad is our audio engineer. Editing by Sarah Kramer. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And Deborah Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right, catch y'all next week.